Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. On today's show, WLW's Mo Egger joins me to talk about the Crosstown shootout from the Bearcats' perspective. Yesterday, we talked Xavier with Rick Broering. Today, it's Cincinnati. Before we get to Mo, though, here's what Cincinnati head coach Wes Miller had to say yesterday ahead of Saturday's game. It's as big time a game as we have in college basketball. Uh, been really fortunate to to be a part of some really, really cool rivalries and really cool games. And it's as good, if not better, than any game I've ever been a part of in terms of just what it means to people in the community and the energy in the building. And that was on the road last year. So uh, that's the perspective. It's not just something you've heard about. It's something you've experienced. We certainly didn't play well last year. So that's kind of stuck with us for a long time. So I hope we play better basketball. And I'm certainly really excited to see what the environment's like here in Clifton. And here's what David DeJulius had to say as well. You know, when I walked into practice yesterday, I said, you know, our fan base deserves this. They deserve us to go out there and play as hard as we can, play as smart as we can, because all that they do for us um, each and every day and the support that they, they give us is only right that we give that, that respect and that gratitude back, and that's by going out there and playing as hard as we can. You'll hear Mo and I talk about this, but I think it's important to remember that there are no players on either team who have played in front of a full crowd at Fifth Third Arena. The 2020 shootout had a very limited attendance due to COVID. Now let's hear from Mo Egger. Mo Egger, thanks for joining me on the Rebound Rundown. Let's talk about the Crosstown shootout from Cincinnati's perspective. We covered Xavier yesterday. Let's talk about the Bearcats. UC has shown a lot offensively this year at times. They've also struggled offensively this year at times. Mo, what has been your overall impression of this Bearcats team on the offensive side of the ball? I think when when they can get scoring from two of the three between Landers, Nolly, David Julius, uh, and Jeremiah Davenport, th- this team this team can be pretty formidable offensively. Um they they don't have enough consistent scoring threats. Uh, they've got to keep Victor Lockin on the floor. Victor's offensive game has progressed nicely in the front court. You're not really going to get much from the guys behind him offensively. They've got, I think, some intriguing wings who are freshmen. But, you know, uh, to count on freshmen, I think certainly at this stage of the season uh, is is wrought with issues. Um, when When they've been at their best offensively, they get – Landers Nolly scoring 33 against Arizona. Uh, They get Jeremiah Davenport taking really good shots as a result of good offense and not jacking up heat check threes. And they get a fully engaged David Julius. Uh, When those things happen, or at least when two of those things happen, I think this team can be okay offensively. When those things don't happen, this team has a really hard time scoring. And I think evidence of that would certainly be the way they played in the second half against NKU and uh, the way they played for most of the game against Ohio State. David DeJulius is having another really consistent season. Outside of a tough Maui tournament, he's had a really good year for Cincinnati. But down in the post, you mentioned it. You talk about Victor Locken, but there's not a lot of depth down there. And you have a Xavier team that has Jack Nunji. They have Zach Fremantle. They have some post-scoring options. So where do you see you see being able to combat that on Saturday? 
Victor Lockin's got to stay on the floor. Um, the bigs behind him, Odio Guama and Kalu Izikpe. Uh, I, I think Kalu specifically, I think it's fair to say he's been a little bit of a disappointment. And, and not that you expect either of those guys to be dudes that you're just going to throw it to on the block, but they've they've struggled on the defensive end as well, which I think has exacerbated the fact that those guys are not going to give you a lot offensively. And so, look, we also we all saw what Jack Nunji did to UC last year. He was the best player, arguably, on the floor in last year's shootout. Uh, he is going to be a load uh, for, for the Bearcats up front, um, whether or not Victor Locken plays a lot or not. But this team's best chance of hanging with a team like Xavier means their best big has to be on the floor. Again, I, I think Victor's offensive game has rounded out nicely. It's it's not a he's not a finished product, but um he doesn't do a lot of things offensively that he can't do. Um the problem has been he gets into foul trouble. Uh the problem has been sometimes defensively he struggles getting back and then he might get back late and commit a foul. He's got to stay on the floor against good teams with good front courts. He's got to stay on the floor. I think in the absence of him on the floor, there's two interesting things. Number one, uh, they played a kid by the name of Sage Tolentino, who's from Hawaii, moved to Hamilton High School, seven-footer. The plan was to redshirt him. In their last game against Bryant, he played. He played before Kalua Izikpe. Uh, Kalua Zikpe's name does not roll off my tongue for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, they, they played Sage before Kalu, which I think was interesting. Um, it's it's easy to say, well, that's that's a message being aimed right at Kalu. I don't think you burn a kid's red shirt year if that was the plan, just to send an older player a message. And so does he see the floor in a game like this? Uh, three weeks ago, I would have said there's no chance. Now, I think you have to entertain the possibility. I think there's also the possibility that maybe at some point, um, if we don't see it on Saturday later on the season, that they decide to just say, screw it, we're going to go small. And we're going to play Jeremiah Davenport in the post. And we're going to go young and small with guys like Daniel Skillings and, and Josh Reed. There's all sorts of complications if you do that. But I think right now with with the way their other bigs have struggled, I think if you're Wes Miller, you're entertaining all possibilities. And the one that he entertained quite obviously was playing Sage Tolentino. And so he saw his first college action against uh, Bryant. Do we see him on Saturday? And if we do, <laughs> what, <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, I think that's one of the game's more interesting subplots. On Ken Palm, Cincinnati's 54th offensively, 96th defensively. Rob Finnessy fractured his foot, won't play in this game. John Newman was already hurt. So how big of a loss is Rob Finnessy in context for this game, Mo, where he wasn't giving you a whole lot offensively and was only playing handfuls of stretches here and there, but still was one of your best defenders and gave you some point guard depth too? Yeah, I, I think they're, they are now without their top two perimeter defenders in Johnny Newman and, and Rob Finnessy. Obviously, Johnny didn't play, hasn't played except for a few minutes in the first game. I don't know if he's going to play this year. They are optimistic that he's going to be on the floor at some point this season. I don't know. Rob Finnessy, yeah, look, it, he he didn't come to UC with them expecting him to give them you know double-digit scoring. That's not what he did in Indiana. It's not what he's going to do here. I do think... They have been hoping for a little bit more offensively from him, but uh, his best role is 
maybe not necessarily shutting down, but giving them an edge on the perimeter defensively, which now you don't have. And so, you know, what is that going to mean? I don't think they have anybody who can do what those two guys do. I do think what you saw against Bryant, and, and I think we would all agree, Xavier is a different animal than Bryant. They played Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed extensively. Skillings had 14 and 13. Uh, Reed went for 10 and nine. Josh Reed's a kid that we talked about maybe red shirting. And then they played him against NKU, uh, because of the Johnny Newman injury. And he comes right off the bench and gives him an offensive spark in the first half. He is a kid who is not shy about shooting. He's not shy about attacking the rim. I like that look with those two guys on the floor, but they're freshmen. Freshmen are really hard to rely on. And none of those, neither of those guys can give you on the defensive end what those two players we just talked about can give you. And so, uh, they're going to have to work through that. And it's it's easy to look at Cincinnati statistics and go, well, Rob Finnessy, no big deal. But you have a guy who was a four-year Big Ten player who carved out quite a reputation for being able to guard on the perimeter. Now they don't have that. And then you add to that not having Johnny Newman. It's going to be a problem on Saturday. It's going to be a problem for the foreseeable future. So it's easy to look at this game, Mo, and you say, okay, Cincinnati scored 97 points against Bryant. They scored 93 points against Arizona. You've put up at least 81 points in your last three games, but you've played Louisville, NGIT, and Bryant. What does this Cincinnati team need to do to win this game overall? Cincinnati wins this shootout if they do what? Outside of pouring in 17 threes like that Arizona game. Well... Which is which is something that yeah. might need to happen. Frankly, I, I think that's the 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 idea here, right? You're going to have to get a great shooting performance from a Jeremiah Davenport or a, a Landers Nolly. Uh, that's that's going to have to happen. But you know, the the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout, and let's face it, over the last 25 years or so, Xavier's had the upper hand. They certainly have in recent seasons. Uh, from a UC perspective, you always go into that game wondering, okay what unexpected thing is going to happen? Like D Davis making five threes, right? Or one of the games at uh, the arena downtown, Brandon Randolph coming off the bench and hitting a couple of threes and and what might've been his only meaningful contributions in a Musketeers uniform. It's, it's, it's those sort of things, right? If you're a Xavier fan, you know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, Karam Cantor having a great game against UC and nothing against Karam, but he played better in that game than I think anybody would have imagined. That has to be something that finally happens for UC. Um, it's not beyond the stretch. It's not you're not stretching the imagination to say Landers Nolly, who's played a lot of high-end college basketball, is going to have a big game, or Jeremiah Davenport's going to have a great shooting game. Th- those things are within expectation. Who's the unexpected hero? I- over the last 25 years, rarely has that player emerged. Usually when UC has won, it's been because Jaron Cumberland had a great game or something like that. So if the Bearcats are going to win this game, if they're going to pull off an upset at home, there's got to be somebody else. And so I look at those two freshmen who haven't played in a game like this before. Um, they're they're being thrown to the Wolves, but they're at least not being thrown to the Wolves uh, at the Cinta Center. I kind of look there. Or does one of Cincinnati's big three offensively put the team on his back uh, to the degree that we saw uh, Jaron Cumberland uh, put the team on his back the last time UC beat Xavier. Um, they're going to need a terrific, a terrific, uh, by their standards, defensive performance. And without Rob Finnessy and, and Johnny Newman, it's it's hard to say they're going to get that. So in the absence of that, 
how do they outscore the Musketeers? Well, they, I don't want to say they came close against Arizona. They did that with some great outside shooting by Landers Nolly. All right, if you get that, who's the un, who's the the unknown hero going to be? And uh, I don't have the answer to that question. <laughs> I do love what I've seen from the younger players, but in any crosstown shootout, if the prescription is going to be this freshman who comes off the bench is going to have the game of his life so far, um, that is a dicey proposition to bet on. All right, last question for you here, Mo, and I don't want to put you on the spot for a prediction, but just what overall do you think will happen on Saturday? Where do you see this game going? Xavier has the better team. Um, and so, I mean, if 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 you said to me, you have to wager an amount of money that matters to you, who's going to win the basketball game? I think anybody who's watched both teams w- would would probably say Xavier. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it is going to be a heck of an atmosphere. Fifth Third Arena hasn't hosted this game with fans since Mick Cronin's last season. I think there's a dimension of pressure on Sean Miller. But because he has the better team, they've played they've played better against better competition than UC has. They could have won all three of those games they lost. I think the expectation Xavier's gonna come in favored. I'm guessing by you know, four and a half, five and a half points. You know, last year people have said to me, Well, it's it's gonna be ten points. Xavier was favored by by six and a half last year for a home game. So the number's not gonna be bigger than that. But I I think there is a an element of pressure on Sean Miller to win this game because he does have the better team. Can Wes use that to his advantage? And can the Bearcats ride the crowd and a hot hand? Look, it's also, and I, I have thought about this. Jeremiah Davenport's a local kid. He's had a good Bearcat career. He's 0-3 in the Crosstown shootout. No player for either school wants to go 0 for their career. Does that channel itself into an amazing Jeremiah Davenport performance on the offensive end? Uh, if you're a Bearcat fan, you're you're holding on to hope that the answer is yes. But Xavier's got the better team. Uh, they've they've got uh, they've they've got more players that I think you can count on in a game like this, and they've played really good teams. Now, I don't know that they have played in front of. I mean, they played in those games in Oregon, and they played IU at the Cintas Center. They haven't gone into a building like this, and Fifth Third will be rocking on Saturday, but it's early in the season. I, I think you're. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world to assume that the better team is the better team is going to win, just based on how Xavier has played against better competition. Mo, as always, you're the man. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes with me today. All right, Paul. Anytime, man. Thank you. Thanks again to Mo for taking the time. Let's take a look at last night. Number 17, Illinois, won an overtime thriller over number two, Texas, 85-78 to at Madison Square Garden. After the game, Illinois' star, Matthew Myers, said, quote, we're a national championship caliber team. We showed that tonight. Quick look ahead to tonight's action. I previewed the Northern Kentucky-Washington State game on yesterday's show with Rick Broering, so if you want to hear more about that game, Go back and check out that episode. The Norse and Cougars tip off at 9 on the Pac-12 network. So good luck trying to watch that game. And as I've talked about a lot on this show over the last week or so, Dayton is playing a game tonight to basically save their season. They're in Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech, who just knocked off North Carolina the other day, and the Hokies sit at 8-1 and one on the season. Dayton will have to do it shorthanded without the services of Kobe Elvis and Malachi Smith. That game is at 8 
on the ACC Network. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. On tomorrow's show, I'll have a couple of former players, Alex Meacham from UC and Brad Redford from Xavier. Have a great Wednesday, everyone, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.